Hi, and welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Dennis, and I'll be your host for this evening. Tonight, we're going to be working on our beekeeping technician course. We're going to be doing D1, bee operation, preparation, and planning. Uh, we're going to be talking about one, two, and three uh, brood chambers, and uh, we are going to be uh, <laughs> belaboring the uh the topic a lot um just because it is stuff that uh this um, beekeeper technician course requires of us um so we have covered it before and i'm very sorry if you guys are bored of it but uh, there are some things here that that we didn't cover so I, I do need to touch base on them i would like to invite you to make sure that you guys uh go visit me at uh, https colon forward slash forward slash lbry dot tv you can find me at friends of brother adam all smooshed together all small letters um, and if you do that you'll be able to see a few of the videos that i have um, archived uh, i am starting to go through youtube as i've noticed that there are a lot of uh, beekeeping voices that are being cancelled out because they don't have the same um, political <laughs> persuasion as uh, uh, as YouTube does and so I am starting to archive some of uh, the um, beekeeping um, I, uh, movies that are there uh, I am not charging any money for them I'm just inviting people to come and take a look at them. I'm archiving them so that I can uh, access them later for my reference as well. Um, so I am not taking any recognition for any of them. Uh, these are uh, the original works of the people who produced them. However, I have noticed that uh, um, people who have expressed opinions off of YouTube have been taken off YouTube or banned or or put in jail <laughs> online jail um, also I've seen stuff off of Facebook off of Twitter um, all sorts of things where where people have said something that's their opinion and uh, all of these uh, um, media companies are working in unison and just banning these people or shadow banning or or making their videos just disappear so in the interest of saving the knowledge that is in them i am going to be saving them on my library account and if you are interested in taking a look at some of the things that have influenced me and have uh, made it so that i <laughs> um, understand beekeeping a lot better please come over and visit me at my uh, uh, library account again that's https colon forward slash forward slash lbry dot tv and once you get on there search at the at sign at friends of brother adam all together smooshed together and no capitals anyways on to our main topic here okay so as you guys know we are talking about one two and three brood chambers um, you might ask what does it really matter um, when you are planning your um, beekeeping um, business or planning your beekeeping hobby 
you need to put some forethought into it and then how much uh, effort that you're going to put into it and how much money you're going to be putting into this and according to those decisions you're going to be making a decision on one um, brood chamber, two brood chambers, or three brood chambers, okay? So um, just to tell you right off the top of the bat, uh, two brood chambers is the most common, um, especially for here in southern Alberta because we have a very long time that the bees are locked up in their uh, boxes and uh, they don't come out. <laughs> and so they, uh, as they are... Uh, eating the honey during the winter time, they need lots of honey and usually in an upwards um, um, area inside of their, the hive. So if the bees are in the middle, they need to have honey that's directly above them. So as they march up, they can cross the uh, barrier between boxes and they can go up into the next box and as they are starting to march up um, the heat that they create to keep the beehive warm does go straight up and warm up the honey that's directly above them so that allows them as they're marching up to digest or, and eat the honey um, and it's uh, warmed up for them and, and they, they do a lot better that way. Here in southern Alberta we usually have Let's see, seven, seven months of cold weather where there is no food for them. <laughs> so we do have to do some um, uh, bee feeding and we do have to do some um, uh, stores um, planning and preparation. So we can get into a little bit of that later. However, um, what we do need to know during this topic is in southern Alberta it's a really good idea to have two brood boxes um, and what ends up happening is in the fall um, the upper brood box is um, decreased and uh, the brood is not laid as much in the upper box more in the lower box and then the upper box is back filled with honey so that's usually what happens with that um, so, um, we're going to be talking a little bit about, well, let's go on and just talk about two brood boxes because, well, <laughs> we're there. Um, <clears throat> the double brood chamber advantages are, doubles are far more tolerant of neglect than singles. So, um, Remember when I was talking about a little bit earlier about how much time you wanted to put into beekeeping? Um, if you have a lot of time to, to do beekeeping and it's your more or less your main occupation, you can go with one brood chamber, but if you're, if you're a hobbyist and you have another job, or if you are um, having to work on the side for the man while you pay for your expensive hobby of beekeeping, or you are, are uh, working both jobs, um, a double brood chamber is a good idea because um, you aren't able to feed the bees as much, you aren't able to be in the hive as much, and so the bees build up a storage area for themselves and they're able to handle you not being there. 
feeding and superseding schedule is less critical or supering schedule, excuse me, feeding and supering schedule is less critical. So what that means is um, uh, here in southern Alberta, and, and I'm not sure exactly where you guys are, but here in southern Alberta, we do have to feed our bees both spring and fall. Um, and the reason is um, the bees usually come out uh, a month and a half prior to um, the first flowers coming out. So they are running out of food. They're, they're at full activity prior to any pollen, prior to any honey. So we like to get the uh, season started quickly. So what we do is we give them pollen patties and then we uh, give them um, sugar water um, so that they can start, you know, it's essentially starvation <laughs> rations for them but they they can make it through the spring um, making it through the winter is tough but then making it through the spring is actually the worst time and usually the mo most bees that i have lost have been in the spring uh, due to neglect due to them running out of food that kind of stuff um, and when you are on two um, brood chambers if they start realizing that they need more food and not as much brood then they will start filling up the top box like I was saying before so it's not necessarily as important that you super um, right away or during the season making sure that your supers are cleaned out and, and ready to accept new honey as they they come through so, um, and <clears throat> um, depending on your flow that you're going to be receiving um, is how you're going to decide when you're going to be supering. Um, you don't want to super right away because you demoralize the bees. So you give them way too much space to be in. And, it, you know, if you were plopped from where you are into a hundred room mansion, and you were told that you had to keep it warm and you had to keep it clean. And uh, you had all sorts of people walking around in there making a mess. Um, you'd feel really overwhelmed in that 100-room mansion. Um, so if, if we were to plop you into, say, a five-room house and say the same thing, you'd feel a lot better about it, hey? So that's one of the reasons why we don't want to um, over-super and super at the wrong time is you give them you give them that hundred room room mansion and, and they just get really demoralized about it um, you have lots of rooms for bees and brood most of the year so as the queen decides that she wants a bigger brood nest she can expand into that upper brood box and everything's good and fine um, you are able to develop larger populations. So, and, and that's, a, that's a good thing too. Um, larger populations bring more honey to you and uh, usually guarantee them uh, a better chance at surviving through, the, through the, the spring and summer and into fall. Having larger um, amounts of bees allows uh, more bees to sit on the comb and uh, keep the brood warm and it allows more bees to go out into the field and collect stuff. It allows for all sorts of things to happen, transport of the honey, 
um, from the front door to the upper area where they're going to be placing it. It allows for more bees to be there to cure the honey, to fan the honey, to keep the hive um, from getting too hot by bringing in water, by keeping the, the hive from getting too cold by heating it up by flapping their, their wings inside. So lots of bees is usually better. Um, and they're easier to winter outdoors. So you might want to consider about um, wintering outdoors if, if that's what you're doing to, to make sure that you have the two brood chambers. Um, wintering outdoors is a whole different animal than putting them into a constant uh, controlled uh, temperature, controlled humidity, controlled air um, quonset. Uh, so that you can keep them from um, losing too many of them. And as you get bigger and bigger, that's, that's something you might want to consider. Um, but if you're, you know, the hobby beekeeper or if you're a sideliner who has 50 hives or less, or if you are a pollinator and you're going around doing pollination contracts, you might want to consider having your bees outside and in the double brood chamber. Some of the disadvantages are um, queens are more difficult to find. Um, as, as you continue your beekeeping career, you'll start noticing that you're less, <laughs> less enthused about the queen and more, more looking to see uh, what kind of brood pattern, if there are all stages of babies there. And then if you don't actually see the queen, you don't really care about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is harder to find the queen. So if you are taking the queen out and transporting her into another colony uh, and you have two brood chambers, it's a little bit more difficult to find her. She might find some crack or some place that she can hide and oh my gosh, it's, it's difficult. Um, you are getting bees to pass through excluders on doubles is a lot harder. They would much rather stuff their excess honey and, and create more of a barrier so that, the, uh, so that as the uh, um, babies hatch out, immediately that hatched out space is filled up with honey. And uh, they don't want to go through the excluder because it's just too much and it hurts their wings and blah, blah, blah. Um, there are ways of getting around that, such as making an upper entrance into the, into the honey super that you're, you're making. Um, and there are other ways that you can get around that. However, that's, you know, and maybe you don't, with a double, you might not want to use uh, excluder. Um, excluders are more used for singles. Um, just to make sure that the brood chamber doesn't expand. But if you've got a double, more than likely the brood chamber is not going to expand up into the uh, supers anyways. Um, the double is usually more than enough for the queen to enjoy and she will just stay in the two that she's in usually. Um, one of the other disadvantages is that more of the honey crop goes into the brood chambers so you're not able to um, harvest as much um, and that's good and it's bad <laughs> um, it's good because um, you know then it makes them more resilient they have a little more stores in in there but um, maybe until they fill up their double 
or their double um, brood chamber with a little bit more honey, then they won't go up into the supers and, and do that. And uh, if they're filling up their brood chamber and they just barely get up and, and put some stuff in the upper um, um, supers, uh, you might notice that um, the flow starts ending round about that time, so you're just not going to get as much harvest. And that really hurts if that's what you're depending on for your business or your hobby. Doubles are the most popular configuration for most commercial beehives in Alberta. And if you look at uh, what the definition is for a beehive um, through Alberta um, uh, Agricultural Management, um, they recognize two brood chambers and one or two supers as being one full hive. So um, that's, that's something to, to think about. And uh, usually the brood chambers are considered a, a 10 frame brood chamber. So um, that's something to think about as well. Um, let's go back to one brood chamber. We're gonna talk a little bit about one brood chamber. Advantages, um, bees are forced to store most of the honey in the supers and larger crops are extracted. Singles produce more and better comb honey than doubles. Uh, so, um, yeah, um, they are always, you know, with the, with the supers, you put them up there and, and um, the comb honey is uh, lighter and nicer and uh, the wax is lighter and nicer. So it's, it's something to, to be considered as well, having singles. Singles produce, uh, or singles are easier to inspect, handle and move, because you just grab the bottom box and away you go. Um, a queen is easier to find, and there's less investment, hauling and maintenance. So uh, if you figure out how to put your bottom board, fasten your bottom board onto the bottom, um, and if you figure out how to fasten uh, whatever you're going to be using to get the hive off of the ground um, and away from where the uh, mice are. If you fasten that to the bottom of it, literally you are picking up everything that you need for that chamber and are able to walk around with that once you stop it up and the bees won't escape and you just pick it up and walk it to where it needs to go. If you're needing to transport it between different uh, bee yards, that's great. You just pick it up, put it in the back of your truck, and away you go. So that's, that's definitely another advantage. Um, disadvantages, they can starve very quickly if honey is pulled and no new flow is on. So literally, the day that you pull honey, you need to have food on those hives. And uh, that's a difficult because not only are you pulling the honey and then putting food on the hive but you have to have all your equipment ready prior to switching so you have to have the equipment that's going into the hive to feed the hive so whether that's a top box that you're putting on there whether that's um, internal one of those black internal hive feeders you know or if you are doing something else for hive feeding, if you're doing external hive feeding, that kind of thing. You need to have all the equipment ready prior to pulling the honey off. And then um, you need to make sure that, that very day, matter of fact, you know, within an hour or two, you have those new 
uh, feeders on there and filled up and ready to go. Um, and there's another problem, a lot of uh, um, bigger beekeepers, they actually order in their syrup pre-mixed and ready to go. And so they'll, they'll bring in a big, big tanker or one of the white um, cubes full of uh, sugar water that has already been mixed up with their very special mix of uh, uh, um, nutrients and vitamins in there. And uh, so they will bring that in. So in order to have that made up, brought in, you have to do some planning as well. Um, you're also planning around the weather. So <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it, it is a large thing to think about, a thing to plan, and uh, a thing that you're going to need to get ready and, and, and have things stocked beside your, your hives ready to go, like the day before type of thing. Um, and uh, then, of course, you, you have to worry about security of the items that you're putting beside your hive because if your, your stuff is out in the middle of a field beside a highway or something, you're going to have people coming by and going, oh, look at all that wonderful stuff just laying there. I think I'll help myself to that. <laughs> so you, you also have to worry about security with that as well. So, you know, if you're having one brood chamber that's some of the stuff that you have to think about that you don't necessarily have to think about when you have two brood chambers. Um, one brood chamber can be difficult to winter outdoors. Uh, you need to also plug it up quickly if it's not supered early or on the right time. Um, as it were, it plugs up quickly um, if, if it's not supered or, um, or if it's not super early or on the right time. So by plug up, what it means is you end up with a honey barrier inside the single and that causes your hive to get smaller and smaller and smaller and the queen gets upset and that's usually when the queen decides to leave. <laughs> so you might be causing yourself with a single brood chamber. If you're not on top of things, you might be causing swarm outs. They require more expertise and better timing. So um, one brood chamber is for more experienced beekeepers. Um, and you have to have your timing down, your seasonal timing. You have to have your um, timing rigged up so that you're sensitive to uh, local changes in the weather, local changes in flow, all sorts of things like that. So it requires a lot more thinking about stuff prior to uh, thinking, planning, and uh, purchasing equipment and all this other stuff. Um, many or the single brood chambers may have smaller populations of bees than doubles, depending on the strain and management. Um, so smaller bees means less bees are being made, less bees are sitting on the comb, keeping it warm keeping the brood warm, feeding the brood, etc., etc., And if you end up with a partial poisoning of a hive, uh, a single has less um, malleability, a less uh, resiliency um, than a double would, um, just because of the lower uh, count of bees. And, and literally, you can tip a, a bee hive into a de declining and eventual dead out um, by something happening to um, you know several frames of bees so <laughs> um, 
you have a single brood chamber and you have a nice little raccoon that pops along and, and pulls out three or four um, things of brood and uh, but luckily doesn't get the queen when you come back and you discover this and you go grab some new frames and throw them in because the raccoon is taking your frames out in the bush and is munching on them somewhere out two, 300, 400 feet away from the hive um, and you can't find it, you gotta go get new frames, put the new frames in and then they're set back. And with a single brood chamber, taking four frames out of a brood chamber really sets those babies back. So um, they're just not as resilient as, as, they, as the bigger hives may be. Other considerations are, contrary to what many believe, a single standard box with 10 frames of good worker comb contain more than enough cells for even the best of queens. An excluder must be used to keep the queen down, but bees pass through excluders well on singles, mostly because they realize that they have no place to put the honey anyways. Um, another thing that you need to realize with uh, honey excluders, <laughs> actually queen excluders, but we call them honey excluders, um, is that you are wearing your bees down so they actually have less of a, a long life. Um, and because of that, you have less bees. So um, at any one time. So you, you need to also consider that as well. Now we're going to be talking a little bit more about the advantages or disadvantages of triple brood chamber. This is something that usually doesn't happen, boys and girls. So let's take a look at this. Advantages. Triples are very tolerant of neglect. Um, I personally have seen triples that are 10, 15 years old and they haven't been touched for 10 or 15 years. Um, and they're still going good. And, and things are great inside. So, I mean, <laughs> triples, very tolerant of neglect. Um, they have enough room for things. They don't have, once, once they filled it up with wax and everything, they don't have to do much at all. They just put all their uh, energy into harvesting honey, making brood, uh, putting out uh, swarms and, and just having a good old time. So triples are nice that way. Feeding and superseding schedule is less critical. Spring splitting is easy since the bees expand into the top boxes and one can be removed as a split. Okay, so um, usually what happens is they go into the uh, second brood chamber. And so what you do is you pull out that second brood chamber and you go through it and you make sure that you have in that second brood chamber, you make sure that you have um, uh, open brood, closed brood, and then you don't care whether or not you have a bee in it or a queen bee in it or not because you're just doing a walkaway split. You you take that uh, middle box and you go and you put it on the other side of the, the um, yard, and uh, you will have. And a new hive. It's a very easy way of propagating your hive. Um, and with three, then what happens is you uh, put that top box down. So now you have a two brood chamber area um, and you take out half of the uh, frames and you put it in a second brood box into 
with the, the split that you've made and you put in five new frames and five new frames and there you go, you have uh, two complete highs. All you just gotta do is on that second one that doesn't have a queen, you just have to make sure that you keep an eye on it that they eventually make queen cells and make a queen for themselves. <clears throat> they, uh, these three brood chambers have lots of room for bees and brood. They develop large populations. They don't usually have problems with bees having to be on the outside of the hive, bearding or underneath the hive, uh, avoiding uh, heat. Um, they have lots of place to put their water on the sides of the hive so that they can create themselves a, um, a swamp cooler in there and, and cool down their hives. They have usually several exits and entrances, um, so that isn't a problem. You usually don't use um, queen excluders with uh, a three high brood chamber. Um, just because the queens aren't going to go up that high. And so after they hit the, the honey barrier, that's as high as they're going to go. Um, they easily winter outdoors. So disadvantages. Queens are more difficult to find. They're almost impossible to find. Bees usually will not pass through excluders. Uh, placed on top of third brood chamber, but will simply crowd the brew boxes. Um, yeah, like I was saying before, you, you probably wouldn't be using excluders. More honey crop goes into brood chambers. So they, they even out the, the honey um, um, application. And you'll notice that there are huge, big, oblonged, basketball size brood areas that cover two different brood chambers. And then on the outside, they'll have a ring of pollen and a huge big ring of honey. So that's what the, uh, the inside of the brood chambers look like. And uh, they usually store their honey all the way through. Um, disadvantages. Queens are more difficult to find. Bees won't pass through. Yeah, we mentioned that, we mentioned that. Um, more equipment is tied up in brood chambers. And this is so true. You have uh, literally um, more or less dropped your uh, amount of your available brood chambers. So by two thirds more, you're putting two more brood chambers on there than, than a lot of people run with. So you're going to end up with more equipment. You're going to end up with more frames. You're going to end up with all sorts of things. Um, triples are used by only a few commercial beekeepers in Alberta. The other thing triples are used for is when they start making uh, the mega bee towers. Um, so... And this is usually something that they do closer to tropical areas where they have food for the bees the whole year through. Um, but they will make these monster beehives. And with the monster beehives, um, they usually don't have any problem getting them through uh, a dearth. They usually don't have die-outs. They usually have multiple swarms. Uh, and if you're, if you're smart and do mechanical swarms, you can make a lot of um, smaller nukes out of a monster beehive. Uh, the other thing is, is that people usually don't 
um, start out with a triple. So if you're putting a, a tube of bees in there or a package of bees in there, you usually start out with a single brood chamber um, and then work up. Um, many people, what they will do is they will do a walkaway split where they take one of the brood boxes away from the other one. They'll see where the uh, um, queen is and the brood chamber that they just took off of the, the one that they split um, will go to another hive and uh, you'll need to um, give the bees something to smell prior to uh, <laughs> putting the two or putting um, the split um, brood chamber in with the other two brood chambers to make a third three high brew chamber um, what you do is you go get some lemongrass oil in a in a spray a spritzer and you will spritz lemongrass all the way through and get as much of it as you can on the bees on on both of the the one that's coming to plus the one that is receiving and you'll spray lemongrass all the way through there or um, the other one is mint uh, spray a uh, mint spray on them that way, um, it takes them a long time to lick themselves off, clean themselves off, be able to put out their, their pheromone enough to know that, you know, this is our hive. So if you're putting on a new hive and you miss that stuff on there, by time they figure out that uh, um, there's a new hive that's been put on there, they don't care anymore. They're, they're okay. They realize that they're not going to be attacking them and... Uh, they're perfectly fine with that. So that is our lessons for today. Um, again, I'd like to encourage you guys to come visit me at Library um, Library TV. So that's https uh, colon forward slash forward slash lbry dot tv. And you can look me up at at Friends of Brother Adam, all smooshed together, no capital letters, it's all small letters. At Friends of Brother Adam. And uh, as well, if you're liking these podcasts, make sure that you give me a thumbs up, a five star rating, or uh, a comment, and uh, let me know how you are appreciating uh, this, this podcast. Um, you can also reach me at, for right now, <laughs> trying to switch away from Google because Google's another one of these interesting platforms that is deplatforming everyone. And they're taking away people's email addresses as well. So <laughs> I'm going to have to change this as well because I, I don't agree with what's happening. Um, but you can reach me at, for right now, at uh, um, fatbeehoneyranch at gmail.com. For any questions, if you want to influence the uh, um, uh, the material that we're covering, or if you have any questions, I do answer questions personally, and I will also, if you want, I can answer them on um, this this podcast or videocast format. So thank you all for for coming over um, and uh, visiting, <laughs> and I really appreciate it, guys. Um, this is one of those things that, that just makes me so happy when I go and, and take a look and, and notice that people are valuing what I'm doing and, and um, listening a whole bunch to uh, the podcast. And I really appreciate it, guys. Anyways, have a Merry Christmas, and we'll talk with you soon.